morning, everybody. Hope you're doing okay. Once again, I'm not picturing you in your pajamas. I'm going to picture you kind of cheering and saying, yes, Nick, really good. That is how I like to speak the best is when I feel like it's interactive. So I'm just imagining this right now. So those of you that haven't met me, my name's Nick, as Chris said, and together with Chris, we lead Ashford Vineyard here. And I'm going to take just the next 10, 15 minutes just to talk to you about something which has been on my mind this week. And really, the title of this talk is Finding Your Focus. Finding your focus when everything around is a bit uncertain at the moment. Now, we've been in lockdown for around two weeks now, and for many, that experience will have been very mixed. I've spoken to some people who've said that they are really appreciating the extra time and space, and at the same time, I've spoken to others, particularly families, who are just feeling trapped and claustrophobic. I've spoken to some who feel lonely and isolated, and yet others who feel like they're getting more time than ever to connect with friends far and wide online. For many of us, we're experiencing those feelings all at the same time within minutes of one another. And the word I've used a lot in these last couple of weeks is roller coaster. And I can't think of a better one at the moment to sum up the build-ups, the downs, the drops of everything that's going on in this changeable world we are living in. Now, many years ago, when I was a student, I was fortunate enough uh, to travel around the world. And I went traveling in Australia. And while I was there, I went on the most terrifying roller coaster that I have ever been on. Now, this roller coaster was in a dream world on the Gold Coast, and it was called the Giant Drop. And the way that it worked is that you are basically harnessed in to this platform, and then they raise you up to a height of 377 feet and then they drop you. And as they drop you, you fall up to a speed of 84 miles an hour. Now, I don't know why we thought this was a good idea uh, to do this at the time, but what I found interesting was, as I was stood in the queue waiting to go on the ride, I said to my friend, just listen. And what we heard was that people on the way up screamed loads, but on the way down, it was silent. And that's when I knew that we were in trouble because people were so terrified that they were silent all the way down. Now, when it came to our moment to sit in, put the harness on, a couple of things happened. The first was that my prayer life increased significantly at that moment. But the second was that my focus shifted to it all being over. And in the queue, I had counted that it actually only took a matter of seconds for that ride to drop and for it all to be over. And what got me through the experience was the fact that I was focusing on the end goal, and that got me through. Now, the situation that we find ourselves in at the moment is not over in a few seconds. And in fact, one of the things I'm finding the hardest is the fact we don't know how long this situation is going to last for, and there's an uncertain timescale. However, I am becoming increasingly convinced that the same is true, whether it's seconds or months or years. And that is that where we place our focus on the end goal can help sustain us and get us to the other side rather than us getting stuck 
in some cycle of despair or fear or hopelessness. Now today I want to highlight a story that we read in the Bible where we see the consequences of keeping our focus on God when everything around us is uncertain. If you've got a Bible, uh, feel free to grab one, or if you're online, you can go onto Bible Gateway, or you can just look at the um, reference that's going to come up in the comments, and you can find the scriptures later, but I'm going to read them to you in just a sec. The story I'm going to read is from the Old Testament, and it's about a man called Abraham. Now, he was told by God that he was going to be the father of nations, Now, what was particularly odd about this is that it's thought that at the time that God made this promise to him, he was about 75 years old and he was childless. I mean, that doesn't add up. God said to him, I'm going to make you a father of nations. And he was already in his old age and him and his wife hadn't been able to have any children. The promise that God spoke seemed completely at odds with his circumstances, And no doubt, as the years went on, and it's thought to be about 25 years, Abraham must have thought that God had changed his mind. He must have thought that God had forgotten him or abandoned him because he couldn't see any evidence in the natural that the thing he felt God had said was still true and would ever come to pass. But When Abraham was nearly a hundred years old, which makes this particularly miraculous, and my respect for him is suddenly like up here. At the age of nearly a hundred, Abraham and his wife have a son called Isaac. Against all odds, they have a son. And this son goes on to have a son called Jacob. And Jacob goes on to have 12 sons. And if you've seen the musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber, Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat, then you will see that those 12 sons end up representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And basically, Abraham, just as God promised, becomes the father of the Israelite nations that go out into the world. Now, in the New Testament, In a letter that's written to the church in Rome, Paul, the writer, describes Abraham's journey like this. So I'm reading from Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. Now, the reason that Paul, the writer, is writing about this man thousands of years later is because of the significance of his story, that he trusted that God hadn't changed his mind that God hadn't forgotten him, that God hadn't abandoned him, although all those things, I'm sure, word round his mind. He took God at his word, 
And he said, God, if you've said this, then I'm going to keep believing you have the power to fulfill it. That verse 18 says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. Now, right now, you may be looking at your current circumstances and matching them up to the hopes and dreams you had for this year and finding that they don't add up. Maybe you felt God whisper some promises to you at the beginning of the year about some of the things that he would do in and through you this year. And now you're looking and thinking, how can this possibly happen now? Maybe you had to cancel key events. I know people that have had to cancel weddings or, you know, key things or courses that they were going to go on to study a new skill. Maybe you've had to cancel something that was part of fulfilling your dream. Maybe you're looking at your education. Maybe you are one of the thousands of young people who have had their exams cancelled this summer. And you're thinking, this is not what I felt God would say this year would look like for me. Maybe you're looking at your job and you're thinking, I'm sure God spoke to me about this job and now it's looking uncertain and now this isn't what I expected and I can't fulfill the things that I want to because of the circumstances I am in. And maybe as a result of all of that, you are wondering if you heard God wrong or you're wondering if he's changed his mind or maybe you're wondering if he's focusing on more important things right now because of what's going on in the world. And I have no doubt that Abraham, over those 25 years of waiting, would have asked all of those questions himself. And yet, here we see that his faith in knowing who God is was the thing that enabled him to focus on the promise, not the lack of its fulfillment in his circumstances. He took God at his word, even when the circumstances looked very different. Verse 20 says, he never stopped believing God's promise. And because of his, he was mighty in his faith, he was convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill it. See, what he did was he kept his eyes on the goal at the end rather than looking at the circumstances around him that suggested something different. Now, when a sprinter stands in the blocks at the beginning of a race, his or her feet go in the blocks. And before they leave the blocks, something happens. The runner lifts their head. And before the starting pistol goes, they focus their eyes on the finish line. Before they've even moved, they lift their head and they look at the finish line. And that's where they focus for the whole race. That's what keeps them going. Now, one of my go-to verses in the Bible when I'm feeling lost or battling with being out of control or feeling uncertain is found in the book of Proverbs, and it's chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. It says this, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume you know it all. 
I would encourage you to meditate on that for a while this week. And as the uncertainty of this season goes ahead, keep meditating on those verses. It is okay not to be able to figure this all out on your own. It is okay not to be able to answer your kids' questions right now. It is okay not to have all the answers. It is okay not to be able to work out what God is doing when you thought he was doing something one way and now that roadmap seems to have been disrupted somehow. Instead, lift up your head. Lift up your head and look towards the goal and the promise of the hopes and dreams that you started the year with. And keep running to keep on track. That verse again says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try and figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who'll keep you on track. Don't assume you know it all. God's promises over your life have not been scuppered by the COVID-19 pandemic. But our role is to keep cooperating with them and running towards them even when the journey looks different from what you expected you can take him at his word so this week ask yourself what pursuing your hopes and dreams looks like in this new landscape how can you keep cooperating with these hopes and dreams and promises in this season if your usual roadmap is disrupted What has been made available to you in reference to your hopes and dreams that isn't usually? And I would encourage you to use the answers to those questions to keep your focus on the goal and let your faith rise up and sustain you in this season. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.